This is The Right Connection. This podcast is designed to help you choose the right words and stories in your business content to create authentic connections with prospects, clients, partners, and colleagues. Now the host of The Right Connection, Catherine Burrows. Thanks, Carl. Today on The Right Connection, I chat with Lena Sevula, social justice advocate, blogger, speaker, podcast host, and author. As a survivor of drug addiction and human trafficking, her mission is to encourage, inspire, and give hope. She created her organization, Love and Be Loved, to do just that. Have a listen. Hi, Lena. Welcome to The Right Connection. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'd love to hear a bit more about what you do. Can you tell me about your business? Yes, absolutely. I actually just changed my direction. And it's so interesting because when I was a hairstylist for 12 years and I thought it was my dream and I owned a hair salon for two years and I realized that my dreams actually changed and that job doesn't fit into my lifestyle anymore because I am the mom of three beautiful children. I closed my business in 2019 and in 2019, in the spring, I closed my business and in August 2019, I published my book. So now I am a blogger, speaker, and I'm activist for women and children in crisis and victims of human trafficking. Wow. Can you tell me about your book? Yes, absolutely. It's very interesting because I didn't speak about this probably like 20 years or even more. And I could never imagine that 20 years later, that's what I'm going to be doing publicly. It's based on my life story. So it's my spiritual autobiography and it's called Miraculous, My Journey from Hell to Heaven. And I know it's a pretty personal story, but would you mind sharing a little bit about that today? Yes, absolutely. I was born and raised in Ukraine and my family struggle, you know, like my parents struggle in their marriage. They actually decided to like divorce after a few years of horrible drinking and they were actually became the alcoholics. They lost their well-paying job. The government turned off electricity and hot water in my house and it was infested with mold, cockroaches and mice. And my house was always full of strangers. And actually, that's how I was able to eat when somebody bring the booze and the food into my house. So from the very early age, I became a target and I was raped numerous times. And when I thought it cannot get any worse, I actually woke up with severe abdominal pain. And in the hospital, it was discovered that I was pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant. I didn't know who her father was. And I delivered a baby girl. She passed away three months later from health complications. Decided to give her a proper burial because I felt like I owe her that. So I carried that casket in my arms to the cemetery. And I carried that casket in my mind for the next 20 years. I suffered with depression, anxiety, panic attacks. And I started drinking, doing drugs. I just want to numb this pain and this brain that keep asking me and blaming me, 
why me, why this is happening. And you have to like imagine too, I buried my child when I was 15 years old. So I was desperate and in despair. So just regular drugs didn't work anymore. So I started using heroin. So I was on heroin approximately three years. And then one day I have this moment of awakening because everybody was dying around me. Everybody was sick and people went to jail. And I realized I didn't want to go any of those ways. So I was seeking help, but there is no help for people like me. I was just street junkie. Then I met this very wealthy, nice looking lady and she offered me a job. But I think I was so impressed with her, like, you know, her wealth and the way she treated me. And I totally thought it was an opportunity. And plus, like I was young and naive, I didn't really think what kind of job it is. I just agree because I thought that's way to escape. So I don't remember the plane ride. I don't remember the custom. I just still was on heavy drugs. I woke up and I heard this Muslim prayer, call to prayer, Allahu Akbar. So I couldn't even understand where it was. They actually trafficked me into foreign country and they sold me into brothel. So I ended up being like one lucky one. I do the quotation marks because it's very important where you end up because the people who came with me, they died, they disappear and never been heard of. I end up being bought into the family-owned business. So I actually have a bodyguard so nobody could beat me or rape me or abuse me. And I remember, I just started saying this recently, I remember these women in the brothel, like older ladies, they tried to console me after my first day of work because I was like tiny, skinny kid with two little pigtails. But somebody gave me this yogurt or pudding, I don't remember. They tried to helped me go through this emotional trauma that I went through. But all I was thinking, oh my goodness, this tastes so good. Because they didn't know how broken I am and how much upgrade this for me. I'm clean, I'm fed, like, and met all the basic human needs, you know. And I kind of recovered from my withdrawals from heroin. So that was a huge upgrade. Plus, like, they pay me too. But what's very interesting, one of my bodyguard was sharing the gospel with me. And he was talking about God in this very interesting way. And I was so surprised that nobody ever stopped him. I was so drawn to this man because he was like glowing. You know, every time he talked about adversity, he was talking about how they've been persecuted in Russia and he still have this joy. I'm thinking, what are you smoking, man? Because I did lots of drugs. Like you cannot get this. Like, why are you talking like this? And then I have back home. Well, they didn't know. That's another funny part. Well, not funny, but very interesting part that back home, actually nobody knew where I am. And if I would be dead, they wouldn't know only because three months later, nobody even looked for me. Three months later, I called them and I say where I am. Of course, I lie what I've been doing. There was emergency and my grandfather had a heart attack. 
So actually, I asked this gentleman in Israel to go and pray because he told me about this prayer wall that you can ask anything, but you cannot ask for material stuff. But if you pray to God and God see your heart, he would answer the prayer. So God answered my prayer and it changed my life. I decided to leave. And because I already pay all my dues and, and more to my owners, they just put me on the plane and send me home. So when I came home, I have some money saved up. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a better life. But I trusted my aunt and I trusted my other bodyguard who told me, like, if I bring all my belongings, they're going to be confiscated by the customs. So he said, pack everything in the box. Like, he never sent me that box. And my aunt stole and spent all my money. So I literally start from zero again. In that time, my city was swallowed by heroin and I become a right hand of the number one drug dealer in my city because that's what I knew, that's what comfortable, and I went on drugs again. The craziest part of the time when I decided to quit, I had unlimited amount and drugs, influence and money, but I was doing already those of five people. And I knew that if I not stop, I'm going to die. So uh, this time, again, I didn't have like any other solution. So I went and I sold myself because my body was the commodity that I paid to get anywhere, I guess. And I knew that my life wasn't really like worth it or precious or anything. So I just chose that and I quit drugs again by myself. So I quit heroin twice and recovered. But this time they say they cannot bring me to Israel. They brought me to Canada. So I've been trafficked to Canada and I don't know, by some miracle, they allowed me to go and do ESL classes. So I start learning English from level zero. Level zero. And they created paperwork. I have all the documents here. So I just decided to take a chance and start with a clean slate. So I ran away and I lived in shelter. And then one of my friends helped me to get into cosmetology course that I finished. And then I decided, you know what? Maybe happiness and peace, it's where you start achieving. So I went to achieve mode. And I finished my cosmetology course with 96%. I got my license from the first time. I got my driver license from the first time. I started learning Taekwondo. I got my black belt. Then I fell in love with the boy and our baby was born. And I was in this achievement, diplomas, medals, but I had so much anxiety, so many panic attacks because now there was no drugs. And I was clean. Then I turned to food because the food was like the most um, available drug. And that's how I drowned my sorrows. And actually, only now, all these years later, I'm dealing with the fact that I don't have a good relationship with food because half of my life I starve. There another life when I have no drugs, the food was so available to me. That's how I deal with all my emotions. Now I have three beautiful children I gave my life to Christ. I got the peace in my mind, body, and soul. 
And now I'm on a mission to help others. I partner up with an amazing organization called Fight for Freedom. This organization fights against human trafficking. And they very big on outreach, aftercare, education, and partnership. So I'm really excited to actually make difference in someone's life and be there. And why it's to encourage, inspire, and to give hope that there's the chance to have love, peace, joy, and wholeness again after everything you've seen and done. Wow. That's an incredible story. (laughs) Wow. You've been through so much, but you've really turned that around and made it into something beautiful and positive and something that can help others. And I know you're doing some fundraising right now. Do you want to tell me about that? Yes, absolutely. We have a few things that we're doing with Fight for Freedom. From the sales of my book, I actually donate proceeds to the street ministry, which is amazing. And if you guys want to know about more, please connect with me and I will let you know. But this amazing fundraiser that we're doing once a year, we're doing in every city. I do believe in 21 city we're walking, we're riding, or we have actually virtual tour as well because of the COVID. And it's fantastic. So what we're doing, we're making fundraiser. So it's awareness everywhere on social media. But then we're getting together in teams and we're actually walking around the city and we prayer praying about the corner of the school where the predators can be. We walking out by the airports, you know, or some other places that we actually praying for the people. We praying for the victims. We praying over the city, over the government, and then all those funds actually goes. One moment, I just make this post and I like to read it to you guys because. It can summarize you so much better than I can say for you. So it's going to be in nine days. Please guys support my work. These funds will provide free workshops to youth groups and schools in the community to increase awareness in the luring of youth into exploitation. About half, 45% of police reported human trafficking involves individuals who were between the ages 18 and 24. And you know what, guys, if you think that the human trafficking, it's third world country problem, you're wrong. It's here in our backyard and they hunting our youth. So partner up with me. Let's make a difference. Let's partner up with organizations actually who are already on the ground. Maybe like you're not going to do street outreach, but honestly, everybody can do something to make a difference. So actually, the nearly 10 of them, 28% was under age of 18. And what Fight for Freedom does, they actually go into the schools and they do the programs and they teach the youth. My daughter, by the way, she read my book just recently. But before that, I asked her, do you know what human trafficking is? And she said, yes, I do. People for Fight for Freedom came to our school. That was very interesting because I'm thinking, yes, that's what we have to do. We have to educate our youth. We have to educate parents. We have to know the signs, why it's happening. And by the way, if you have time, I like to name it few. So 
For example, number one, I do believe when people start grooming, when you can see somebody being groomed for sex trafficking, they withdraw from the family and friends. Then they start having some kind of secret activities. You have to ask question, why my child start dressing this way? Or sometimes they start getting jewelry or new clothes, you know, that they cannot afford. So you right away, like red flag, where did you get this? Who are you talking to? Where are you going? And you know what? Right now, so many trouble with mental health and youth because of the COVID, everybody was isolated. So we have to ask those questions. Sometimes it's going to be just, yes, little bit depression or maybe like sadness cannot be with the friends, but get me something really severe can be like fear because the abuse, it's number two. They fear and abuse. That's what they're using as well. You know, the predator. So you as a parent, friend, neighbor, see those signs. You know, like I do believe this is the time to take action. And we as an adult, we can see the difference. We can know like if your friend was chatting, happy and bubbly, and then now avoiding you and sad and gloomy and something's wrong so just ask those questions be curious because maybe you save someone's life well thank you that's really good information to have are there any other things we should look for yes absolutely if you notice signs of abuse you know if the person become malnourished or have bruises or fractures if they not allowed to have some medical care as well. If you see like any branding, like names, you know, like tattooed names, so some written names or cigarette butts or like something like that, something abnormal that we can see 100%. So those ones definitely stand out for me. And I know you mentioned when the woman came to you that was super wealthy and promised a better life, it almost, I guess, sounded too good to be true. So maybe what are some things that we should ask ourselves if we're approached like that? Absolutely. I think number one thing that misleading that we think that the predators are looking evil. Like we see in the movie, if you get abducted, it's always this black man, big guys, you know, with the big muscles and the lady so tiny that you cannot even fight them. So they push in the van, they steal you off the street. There's crazy time it happens, but most of the time, you know, when it happens on a playground, with the sweet looking guy walking with the cute little puppy. That's it, you know, because the kids are so vulnerable, especially in our, I don't know, I know I'm a mom. We love our children. Our children are innocent, you know, compared to my upbringing. I give my kids everything that I never have. But the other side of them, like when they go, they do talk to strangers. They're not afraid of the world. They're not afraid. They don't even understand how bad world can be until later on they will know. I hope not the way I did, but everybody learning when they move out from the house, how hard it is to be. Because as a parents, we try to protect them. But we have to talk about this. We have to make them aware because 
we have to give them that extra help to look for those signs. For example, my daughter walking with her friend, I always tell her, the car stop. You don't talk to them. Like, you know, people coming out and say, give me direction. Can you ride with me? Stuff like that. It sounds like innocent. You know, people, I see the videos, people sometimes get lost, you know, but I teach my daughter and she said, oh, use the GPS, Google your location. It's easy to, it's still helpful. I don't tell her to be rude. But it's still like, no, thank you. I'm not going to sit in your car. And doesn't matter. These people can be literally, it can be so what it's for cunning, you know, like they can have a little girl in the car. This is like story of my own experience when I had, my twins were young. I had a playground not too far from me as well. I brought them in the morning and usually everybody at school was nobody there during the school year. So they were playing. There's... Young man came, like Indian, but he was very handsome. I thought like he looked like a movie star because I really like Indian movies. And he brought a baby and then he put his like, the baby somewhere like one and a half year old, like wasn't like really infant. And his baby was playing with my babies in the sand, they're laughing. And he came all over the playground and stood beside me because it's, I'm only one person there. And he said, how are you doing? I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Then he started asking me questions like, is this is your kids? And where's your husband? And then in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's okay. Then I asked him like, how old is the baby? And he said, I don't know. It's not mine. And it's raised me like red flag. I'm like, okay, why would you say that? He's like, oh, I live with my friends. And I came from this place. And I came here. And then he asked me, how old are you? And I'm thinking like, why would you ask me these questions? And that's what I want to point it out. Conversation can be nice and easy. You don't have to be rude to people and treat them all as enemies, but you have to listen for those red flags. What kind of man would ask women with the kids, how old are you? What is this the business? Okay. Or where your husband right now? What kind of question is that? Or where do you live? You know what I mean? So listen for those points. It can look like so innocent and it's not. You know what I said to him? You know what? I'm Russian. I love this country. I'm like, Canada is amazing. When you call 911, they will come here like that. And I show him. And I'm like, honestly, they like protecting the people. And I smile at him. He grabbed the baby and he ran. Yeah. And I didn't go home the way I usually do. I give an extra loop just in case. And I was watchful. And I share this story and with my family and with my friends because you have to be smart. I do believe that's what we have to do. We don't have to be bad to people, but sometimes thinking if somebody needs direction, you just Google and tell them, don't go and show them, you know, and especially like with the girls, don't walk alone. Always walk with the friend because when you, of the goodness of your heart, decide to go into the car, your friend say, like, I don't think so. Don't go. We just saw fight for freedom presentation. They said, this is really happening and don't sit in that car. You know what? Better saves than sorry. So if you have to go alone for walks and stuff, be with someone, you know? So, yeah. 
That, that's what I want to say. Just be aware. I think more awareness we create, more we understand that sometimes it happens. Just be protected. I really feel like there's nothing that I can add to your story. I just really want to let it speak for itself. Do you have any final words that you'd like to share? Yes, absolutely. Reach out to me, guys. I'm open and willing. I'm now sharing my story openly. If you would like to be, I have a podcast as well, and it's called Love and Beloved, because I do believe we created to love and be loved. And buy my book, you can do it through Amazon, amazon amazon.ca or amazon.com as well. The proceeds go to support victims. So this money is going to be well spent. And plus, if you have someone who is struggling, honestly, my story have the example of anything that you can share with the person who needs hope right now. Or if they want to connect with me for extra support, Oh, if you want to know more about Fight for Freedom, it's fight number four, freedom.ca. And you can partner up, you can donate, you can learn a little bit more about the, um, this amazing organization. And um, you can volunteer as well. Sometimes we think like funds, it's only money or participation, only money, but you actually can donate your time you know, and some resources on some skills, you know, just if something's stirring in your heart to want to be part of it, please don't let it be stale, you know, just act on it. I'm so glad that I have this opportunity to talk to you. I'm so grateful for this time together. Well, thanks so much, Lena. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes for your book and your podcast and fight for freedom. And thank you for your inspiring story and for your openness and your willingness to share with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you all the best and good luck with all your fundraising. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to The Right Connection. If you have a question for Catherine, reach out to her by sending her an email, Catherine at CatherineBurrowsCreative.com or visit her website, CatherineBurrowsCreative.com. And don't forget to follow Catherine on social media. Until next time, thanks again for listening to The Right Connection.